just like that, we are underway for our final show of 2022. Can't believe how fast the year has flown on by, but it has. And this is our final Christmas edition of Race Time Radio. You're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. And you're going to have lots of information from across the country. We've got a great guest lineup for you. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in the Race Time Radio studio. What's going on there, kid? Hey, we're here. Yeah. We're getting dumped on with snow Ooh, right now. We're getting a little uh, bit. We're supposed to get, uh, you know, just, just about a foot of snow tonight. Ooh. So a uh, little bit of a snow squall warning. A little bit of shoveling going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. See if my blower will work. I had to fix it four times the last time we got dumped on. <laughs> it's Hopefully that heavy snow. Hopefully not that bad. It's that heavy snow. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of moisture in there. What have you been keeping your eye on? I know it's the off season, but we still get dribs and drabs. And, of course, we had some horrible news the other day. But what have you been keeping your eye on there? Yeah, Pete? obviously the, the horrible news that, uh, you know, really stands out uh, with Billy, Billy Zardo passing away. Uh. Um, just a, uh, you know, that's definitely uh, uh, a terrible news. Um he was a friend to everybody, but uh, he looked so good too. Yeah, he did. He yeah. did. He, he was really out, good. Man. He, uh, the old boy could get it done, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, he went out doing what he loved. You know, yes. It's, uh, uh, he had a he had a great run, and he had a wicked family, and and uh, uh, those guys are going to uh, those guys, you know, continue on, and they're going to uh, press on that that forty six Z. Letter yeah, number yeah. is going to continue for years to come with Billy and Lane. I know it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, just uh, you, you try to leave your mark in whatever it is that you do. And he definitely left his mark in motorsports. <laughs> you know, in in everything. Yeah. But uh, um, man, he's uh, you know he, he will be missed. But uh, you know, aside from that, um, you know, lots of uh, lots of moving and shaking. Uh, you know, we're hearing lots of news uh, that's, that's positive. Um, you know, uh, on the NASCAR Pinty side, um, mm -hmm. some announcements to come uh, over the next few weeks um, that uh, that that are going to be pretty surprising, I think. Um, as well, I got a new job yeah. <laughs> day to day. Yeah, so, you did. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, going to be working in the motorsports field. Uh, full time uh, with uh, with Corey uh, McAllister and and Jenny McAllister and the Caldecott Millwright team. Um, they've uh, you know been been putting out some some really unique uh, uh, you know racing gear. Uh, he's a millwright, right? So mm -hmm. when he looks at uh, you know the things that that lift up the car or or that that are bolted to the car. Um, his mind goes, and and uh, I can make that, you know. <laughs> and does, does Corey uh, yeah. make any of those hydraulic jacks? I know I seen some hydraulic jacks on a modified just a couple of years ago those in the pits cool. at Sobel Speedway. Uh, you bring two of them out, put one on the front, one on the back, and they're air air driven. They're hydraulic, and up the car goes on two jack stands. He doesn't make those. Um, those are a different company. Um, you see them a lot in the in the modified tour down south. Oh, tons! Um, and uh, those are handy. Of course, you can't necessarily do that with a late model style car without having like a bottle jack um, set up. You know, um, or if you made a bar but, for it to operate on. Yeah. I know the one driver I was talking to that had it at Sobel doing a test. Mm -hmm. um, the first time he rolled them out, he yeah. did it at Cayuga. Yeah. And Alex Nagy said, get those things out of here. Yeah. Get them out of here. And yet they're safe. They're safe. I do believe they are. Like the driver yeah. said they're safe. 
but new, inventive, quicker, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So I guess an advantage, and Alex rightfully so said, hey, nobody else has got them, neither do you today. Take them away. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, part of the, part of the deal when you look at modifieds, they got the bars hanging out the front and the back and, um, you know, you can, you can do those things. So, uh, you know, with a late model, you're never going to be adding a bar to lift the car. That's for sure. You're going to, mm. you, you want the lightest weight possible and well, you do as well with a modified, but, uh, when the bar's there, you may as well use it. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah. um, yeah, no, but you know, the, the things that, uh, um, I, I'm really excited about with uh, with uh, two speed performance, um, you know, two speed motorsports. That's the the name of his team, right? Uh, the '71 team uh, has got uh, you know a super stock. He's getting now into OSS. Um, sponsors numerous race cars from you know bone stocks right up into the APC series. Um, you know, with his millwright company, um, but we're gonna do a big focus on, on you know, things uh, to do with the industry, um, uh, and, and made here in Canada, um, and and utilizing his network uh, to, you know, basically provide a a lower cost option w- with a number of the different products at a higher quality rating, um, and, and uh, you know, with, with the, the high-quality manufacturing and, and everything done here in Canada. And the neatest part is, is it's, it's products that are designed by racers for racers. So um, he takes a little bit of a different approach on a, on a bunch of different things. So uh, I'm really excited about it. I can't wait, uh, you know, to, uh, to get to work in the new year, and, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I just wanted to share a quick story about Bill Zardo. Uh, He was definitely a driver I used to love to watch on the racetrack as a young race fan in this country. I always liked watching Bill Zardo, Junior Hanley, Don Biederman. I was from back in that day, but you got to fit Bill Zardo. Whenever you say Junior Hanley and Don Biederman, the Zardo name has to come in there because Billy was always competitive in amongst those other two guys as well as Wayne Keeling and uh, Wayne Howden and, oh, so many good names, Bill Snowden. Um, but I just want to share a quick story. The, the first year I owned Sobble Speedway, I had the super late models on. It was a Flexmore Trucking Series back in those days. And I had the series roll into Sobble Beach, and uh, uh, the afternoon practice was taking place. Junior Hanley was there. Um Junior took his Quaker State car on the track, and that particular night was sponsored by Quaker State. And it was the first time I got to meet John Allison from Quaker State and all those guys. Um, They never really sponsored the track. They came in through the series and took the night. Um, Anyway, uh, afternoon practice. I'm talking around 3 o'clock or so. Um, Practice opened up. Junior Hanley went on the racetrack, and trust me when I say... When Junior Hanley was in the field, everybody else was running for second. Junior was going to win the race back in those days. That's just the way he was. Anyway, practice comes up about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Dropped the green flag. Junior did not warm his tires up. Went down into turn number one and two at Sobble Speedway. And he crumpled that number 72 Quaker State Chevrolet. Like, I mean, he crumpled it. It was the rear spoiler was touching the rear window. Yeah. I mean, the car was junk. There was no fixing that car. Uh, they towed it back into the pits. Junior got out, looked at it, and went, well, that one's done. 
So uh, I know John Allison and all the guys from Quaker State are going, oh, my God, what are we going to do? We sponsored the night. Our car is not even going to be in the race. Uh, Junior came up and he signed autographs for everybody. And I asked Junior, I said, so what are you going to do tonight? Like, you're you're not just going to drive haul away, right? Like, that's what guys would normally do if they wrecked out. He said, oh, God, no, 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 I'm staying. I'm staying. He said, uh, I'm going to go up on top of the box for Bill Zardo. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I said, oh, that would be kind of cool. That would give the race a different dim- uh, dimension, a little different element. Uh, Kim Wallace back at that time, he was driving the 27, and he was wicked fast. And so many good cars in that race. Anyway, um, up on top of the box, Junior goes for Bill Zardo. I happened to cheat in and listen on the radio. I had my scanner going. And uh, Bill Zarda was running about halfway through the field. And Junior came on the radio and said, Bill, less front brake, more rear. That's all they said. Less front brake, more rear. So I guess Bill, message delivered. So he dialed in, more rear brake. Billy jumped up about, I don't know, 10 spots. And Bill came back on the radio under caution. He went, Junior. Uh, should I go less, more? Should, should I go more, less rear brake? And Junior said, well, you've moved up 10 spots. I think it's the right call. And uh, I don't know whether Billy d- dialed in a little bit more or not. And boom, he got the lead of the race. I don't know, 10, 15 to go. His right fronts all, all of a sudden started glowing. And you could see the, you know, the amount of heat going into the front brakes. And Junior came back out, back on the radio, and he goes, Billy, I told you, rear brake, not front brake. Billy came on the radio and said, I got this, boss. I'm out front now. I got to have the car so I can feel like it's going to stop. Yeah. And Bill Zardo won that race. Yeah. Bill Zardo won the race, and it, I, that was a standout moment for me as Bill Zardo, uh, as a fan of Bill Zardo, uh, I've always been a fan of him. And then to see him get back in a hot rod all those years later um, was truly just amazing. We had him on Race Time Radio from sunset in the summertime. After finishing a race up second, he dueled it out with uh, uh, Tom Walters. Um, I'll tell you, he's going to be missed in this sport. 100%. Yep. Uh, the well, old guys of this sport are what built it. And Billy Zarda was definitely one of those main contributors to building this sport to what it is today, and I'm going to miss him. Absolutely. And, like, you know, we talk about the Zardo family, like the amount of sacrifices, the amount of, you know, things that they've done to help the sport. You know, it, it, it is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And and it, it starts with, with, you know, Bill Zardo, right? It starts with him and and, oh, yeah. and starts with the uh you know the the shepherds and and Yeah, without you know, Bill the, Zardo, the we group. wouldn't see a Pete Shepherd. Yeah. yeah we wouldn't see yeah. Elaine Zardo, Billy yeah, Zardo, exactly. Bill Zardo. Yeah. Exactly. Bill Zardo too. Yep. The yep. 48. He yep. was amazing in his career. Yep. A Sharon Zardo raced. Yep. That's Sharon Shepherd now today and has been for years. But Sharon Shepard raced back in her day. Absolutely. Um, and, and she was wicked behind the wheel of a race car. The whole family was in it. Yep. 
and uh, and still are today. Still are today. That's kind of the neatest part. And and uh, yeah, definitely thoughts and prayers. Uh, you know, from from all of us to uh, uh, to them. And and uh, you know, definitely will be a different looking place at the racetrack without him. But uh, um, you know, he's going to be remembered. That's for sure. That's well, the coolest part. He, he will be memorialized this year. He's got to be. And I know he was even years before he passed away. Uh, member of the Canadian Motorsports Hall of Fame, and uh, I know we honored him at Saddle Speedway a few years ago. Yep. And I said, Bill, this feels weird. You're not dead yet. He goes, I don't plan on being dead for a while, Joe. <laughs> I said, well, th- this is kind of cool. Yep. Anyway, let me tell you who we've got coming on the show tonight. It's our final show of 2022. I'm sure glad you could tune in. Uh, Pete Turford, right off the top, we're going to talk SOS no longer two series here in Ontario for sports cars or for sprint cars. She is one. And man, it's making a big difference. We're going to catch up with Pete right off the hop tonight. We'll check in on the East Coast with Tim Terry. Tim Terry, of course, timcorner.ca. Uh, timscorner.ca is where you can check Timmy out. Um, he's been all over the place, short off season. He has gone through, you name it, from uh, the highs and the lows of this sport and life all the way through. Uh, Tim is at the, uh, let me see, Germany-Yugoslavia game in Tura, uh, uh, Nova Scotia. Of course, uh, the, the, the site for the World Junior Championship coming up starting Boxing Day. Some of the pregame shows have started. Timmy is at one of them right now. He is going to join us when he's done with that. We'll talk NASCAR Xfinity Series with DGM's Mario Goslin. Fielded three cars, two all the time, three sometimes in NASCAR Xfinity. Love catching up with Mario. He is a Canadian out of Montreal. Been living in Lakeland, Florida forever. But uh, he is a native of up here. So we love checking in with our buddy Mario. And then off to the West Coast we're going to go. And we're going to check in with Matt Shirley. Matthew Shirley, driver of the number 12, he not only championed out there, he also got a chance to jump into a NASCAR Pinty Series car this year. Hopefully, we're going to see more of Matthew Shirley in 2023, and we're going to find out just how much more as we uh, go through the night. Hopefully, we can squeeze him, Junior, for a little more information. I think we can ring him out a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And we got to talk a little bit about the national super late model tour that has been announced down in the u.s yes the, the, yes you know the stars tour um such a cool deal you know we've been we've talked about it numerous times on this show how canada is even ready for that you know canada is is, is on the cusp of being ready for something like that and to see what they're putting together down in the u.s um you know with a with a more of a national approach a a solid schedule with a big footprint. Um, Who's heading it up? Uh, so there's a bunch. We can talk about it in in a little bit more in depth. Okay. Okay. But, we uh, yeah. No. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a really unique deal. The schedule is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I think that uh, everybody's in for something special when when it comes time for super late model racing in 2023 and beyond. Well, and we'll check into that. Uh, what do you say we do that the first? Uh, the, the, the first show back, our first show back will be January the 8th, all live here on YouTube and on Sirius XM channel 167. I just signed another year contract with Sirius XM, so I'm pretty proud of that. Our 17th season will launch January the 8th. 
Um, and I know I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, this tonight, though, is going to give us a really, really good look right across the country and put our finger on the pulse and see who's doing what, and we'll find out how things all start unfolding. But we'll hit break number one. When we come back, Pete Turford from SOS is going to join us all live right here on Race Time Radio. So we're just getting started. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. Enjoy the breaks. They're all Christmas tonight. You're going to get a laugh. Bells will be ringing. The sad, sad news. Oh, what a Christmas. Coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Canada Talks. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elford. Tom Cochran's most famous song, Life is a Highway, was a number one hit in Canada, and it hit the top ten in the Billboard charts back in 1992. It was written after Tom's famine relief work overseas took place. He was so taken with what was happening there, he wrote it as a pick-me-up to himself after watching the devastation. That's why he mentioned places in the song like Khyber Pass, along with his hometown of Vancouver. Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. During the 2000 NBA All-Star festivities, the Toronto Raptors' Vince Carter exploded to win the dunk contest with a series of moves including a through-the-leg slam. Carter's air show was a defining moment for basketball in Canada, putting the Raptors and the entire country on the map. A championship now in the books, Canada has become a hotbed for NBA talent. And it was Vince Carter flying through the air that started it all. Canadian Sports Trivia. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa Know How. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa Know How. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. Rush holds a special place in our hearts and in the record books. They've sold more than 40 million copies around the world. They have a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and officers of the Order of Canada. And they've released 24 gold records and 14 platinum albums, placing them fifth for the most consecutive gold or platinum studio albums by any rock band. From the high banks of Daytona, we cover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake it back, Cal. Woo, shake it back. Here on Race Time Radio. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! <laughs> Was that you, Junior? No. Was that, that wasn't you? No, that humbug. Oh, oh, I see. No. It's no. one of them, is it? <laughs> Too funny. It's uh, Will Ferrell. He was on Jimmy Fallon. Uh, they were talking, you know, how weird it is now that he's like a, a, a Christmas icon now. Yeah. Right? He, of yeah. course, they just came out with a new movie with uh, with Ryan Reynolds and, and him on, on Netflix, but... Uh, 
you know, Elf has become a staple now in, is, in households across the world, right? It's uh, classic Christmas. You know, you got to you got to check the boxes when it comes time for Christmas movies. You got to check the National Lampoon's Vacation. That's like, I mean, you, you can't not watch that at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Frosty yeah. the Snowman, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and now Elf. And Elf, now is, Elf is part of it. Now, yeah. some people would mix in like boring movies like Miracle on 34th Street or something like that but ah. you know those are those are my go-to it would be interesting to hear what your go-to's are but uh oh my Christmas vacation I got to watch it or it is in Christmas exactly yeah that Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Absolutely. uh we've got Pete Trifford with us what's going on there SOS man how are you tonight we're doing excellent. How about yourselves? Doing fantastic. Love the Christmas tree in the background, brother. Uh, it's tis the season, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Especially with my wife. <laughs> mine too. Mine too. Uh, what's your favorite go-to Christmas thing that you got to watch before you know it's Christmas? Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Hey. And I'll have to put in my bag card to tell you that I like Love Actually, the ah. movie. There you go. There you go. The soft side of Pete. There you go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you've been busy in this, what we're called the very short off-season so far. Uh, SOS has got huge plans, man. I'm looking through the schedule. 24-car race. You guys have got, you're going to be getting her done. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a surprise to me and my wife as well. I told her. Oh, we'll probably have 10, 15 races, and uh, I surprised her, sadly. Oh, and you did an awesome job doing that. I'll tell you, you made a lot of Christmas uh, Christmas gifts right there with a lot of the race teams, I'll bet. There's, they're always crying for more, aren't they, Pete? I think so. I really, that's actually one of my fears, that we might race them to death, because uh, one of the things with 360 racing is the motors get a little more elaborate, a little more expensive. Uh, you worry a little bit about their longevity. And uh, I've talked to a few people that that know more about this stuff than I, than I do, and they tell me it won't be a problem. But that actually was one of my fears. Excuse me. Yeah, and I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, as a promoter, uh, there's always fears. Am I going to oversaturate? Am I going to do too much here and not end up, you know, achieving the goal that we all want to achieve? But uh, with the 360 cars, and the same as a lot of dirt cars, different than asphalt guys, they don't practice the depth of the car, right? So right. Uh, in, in right. asphalt racing, I can't tell you how many motors I've seen expire in practice because they went too far either with the gear or they went too far one way or another, and they, they blew themselves up, and it was only practice. We're not seeing that as much in SOS. Well, that's actually one of the things. I grew up with uh, super modifieds, just pavement, basic pavement racing. And the uh, first time I went to a dirt track, uh, a good fast dirt track was Eldora. I went to the Outlaw Show, and after four laps, they were done warm-ups. And I'm like, this isn't right. And then, of course, then they go out and kick everybody's ass with four laps of warm-ups. And all of a sudden, by 20, 30 years of pavement racing, I'm wondering, why do we warm up so much? Yeah, 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 and that's the thing. They do. They warm up. They uh, Think of how much tire use gets worn away in short track racing just in practice alone. There'd be a number of sets of tires that would be sacrificed, if you will, to practice, where you yeah. don't see that in sprint car racing. 
Um, how long does the set of tires on a sprint car last? Is it just today with the feature events? You know, you'll go 25 or you'll go 30 laps. Is it just today and then they got to change up? Or did they get to run those tires multiple nights? Uh, actually, most of the tracks in southern Ontario are very easy on tires. And there's there's a couple different tire options we've brought in this year. But uh, there was a McCreary tire that uh, was called the MC3. And that tire wouldn't last races. It would last seasons. Wow. Uh, I helped out a guy named Dylan Westbrook on his car this year. And we ran an SOS race at uh, Southern Ontario Motor Speedway. And we I don't know when we the last time we bought a tire. Like, it was literally a years-old tire. And we won on the thing. Wow. Like, it was an old tire. Now, the, the Hoosier tires, they're a little softer and probably won't have the same durability. But the Southern Ontario tracks will give you certainly nights of racing on a tire. You can probably get two hard nights plus a warm-up on one tire, two to three. No, that's good. That's good. So you're getting more than just one and done, so to speak. I love those Hoosier sure. tires. They've always done a great job building them. And they do a lot of specifics. I know you'll have Ron McKay. Ron, you'll be right with you, uh, tracking things to making sure everything's okay with the rubber. You guys have a great deal with Hoosier coming up this year, right? Yeah, we have Hoosier. We actually went with a bit of a – it's a weird year, right, With in terms of Hoosier is actually looking to narrow the number of different uh, options they have available. But I'm actually very, very glad they're doing it because there's uh, what the idea is they've gone to brand new molds because one of the problems was, I guess, with supply was they were going uh, a lot of downtime due to the fact their, their molds were quite old. So they've gone to a brand new mold for everything they're making new and they've reduced their options for right rears down to three North America wide. There used to be a crazy number of options. And I'm actually quite pleased that Hoosier's done that um, just to get the whole world a little bit closer together. Yeah. That makes any sense. No, that makes a ton of sense. A ton of sense. Now, I just noticed uh, the other day uh, the rules package came out for SOS. And it's critical this year because you were joining two series (laughs) together, correct? We got the Knights of Thunder and SOS going together to create one. And I might, might as well right now congratulate you on the $10,000 points fund from uh, Tammy Media coming through. That That's huge. Yes, that was a real – what that did is it didn't – so it wasn't so much just a points fund. It was just a load off because you're you're not having to chase that, that uh, support or marketing or – Try to figure out how you're going to do that. It was just a huge load off. And uh, the, the gentleman in charge of that, John Brush, he's an old friend, uh, fan of a uh, driver named Harvey Lennox, who was Tammy 10. And I was an old fan of Harvey Lennox, who was Tammy 10, back in the 60s and early 70s at Flamborough, Delaware, and all those places a million years ago. Right. So it was actually a happy coincidence, very happy coincidence. Oh, how cool is that when uh, they, when everything comes together? It's like uh, it's like it's meant to be, Junior. Just like it's meant to be. Absolutely, and and you know it's it's really interesting. Uh, uh, 
you know when you when you have that you say a load off for for the series um it's it's a load off for the drivers as well you know for the teams and for everybody um because they they know you know what to expect and what they're building off of you know it's so crucial to have that uh you know this early in the season announced you know and and ready to go um and it, it just helps everybody get off the ground early get the cars done early get the season fired up and and it, it just provides better racing at the end of the day for the grandstands so um it's uh it's all a positive uh looking at the schedule and looking at uh you know the amount of travel and and all of that for the guys and girls um is there uh is there anything that you see you know kind of as 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 a hurdle that you guys need to get over before you get to the season not really it's actually surprising how much is actually in place um Schedule-wise, I was really hoping that uh, Merrittville would go with that early show that they've done in the past. And I haven't, I've been traveling in the U.S. these last few years, but uh, when I was at that show at Merrittville years ago, the weather was perfect. Uh, it was just a great weekend. And that's, that's something I find with early season races and late season races. They could be the absolute worst weather-wise, or they could just be spectacular. You know, you, what's better than a nice spring day? Or at the end of our season, we're going to Brockville, which is a bit of a hike. But if you get a beautiful fall weekend, that could be great, too. You know, there's nothing like a, a nice race on a beautiful, clear, crisp fall day. I love it. One of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. And the cars really respond well when you get that crisp, cool fall air or spring air. Uh, yeah, maybe chilly yeah. for us in the grandstand. But those race cars, uh, those motors are loving it. You're going to get peak performance out of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pretty amazing. I noticed also in the blurb that I was reading, Pete, uh, that there could be some more dates added and even another racetrack added. Or is that filled up now? That. Uh, now we were actually looking at going to Cornwall, which is darn near to Montreal, which normally I wouldn't have even remotely entertained the thought of going that far. But there were, we were talking a fairly, excuse me, big financial carrot to do it. So I wasn't going to do it just for the sake of having a race, but we were looking at putting up some very serious money if we could somehow arrange it. But when you're trying to hook in a date that far, you want to hook it in with somebody else, another track, and uh, because you don't want to just send the guys that far for one race. And we almost had it, but we couldn't pull it off, to be quite honest. I'd love to brag about it, but I can't. It's a cool track, too. I, you know, I, I've driven by that place numerous times, whether it be coming back from, you know, ICAR or coming back from Chaudier, uh, coming back from uh, from GP3R. Oh, yeah, it's it right like, off the highway. It seems right like every there. time we drive yes. by it, there's a race event on yeah. because they race on Sundays, right? So um, yes. every time we drive by it, it's like, man, we should pull over, but you're too you're just too tired at that point to uh to to make that commitment you know but uh such a neat place right off the side of the 401 you can't miss it it's like a crown jewel in the middle of the darkness um and uh the place is lit up like a christmas tree every sunday night and uh it looks packed every single time i've ever driven by it Uh, just a diehard set of uh of fans that that are over there and and uh for sure uh pete i've always wondered this question and it, it, I know that the cars 
aren't necessarily, you know, they're they're called sprint cars for a reason. It's short races. They're just, you know, in and gone. Are there any extended races, like race distances that are out there? Um, is that, has that, like, road been, you know, kind of explored? Or, or is that just not in the cards because of the style of the car and, and how they're driven? Is there any, you know, 50 or 75 or 100 lap races with sprint cars? Okay, first I'm going to take a short story and make it long. Um, there's a tri- Have you ever heard of Williams Grove, Pennsylvania? Absolutely, yep. Okay, in the early days, the Williams Grove used to have a race, and they still do, called the Williams Grove National Anthem. Okay. In 1963, it was a 100 lap race. Yep. You know who won it? Oh. Gordon Jawcock, who won the 1973 and 1982 Indy 500. Oh, wow. wow. And I, I actually had a friend that went down and competed back in those days. And you see, Gordy was a pavement guy. This was a dirt race, and they just put dirt tires on the way they went. But as the years have gone by, no, there's no, the longest race I'm aware of is the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, which is 50 laps, and they actually have a fuel stop. The problem yep. right now with sprint cars is they are thirsty, thirsty, thirsty animals. Absolutely. And you'll put about a 33-gallon fuel cell on a sprint car on a 410, and you could maybe run that 30, 35 laps if you don't get a whole lot of yellows, but otherwise you're going to be out of fuel. They are yeah. just such thirsty, thirsty pigs. And to put on a, a fuel tank big enough to, to go long distance is would be uh, well it'd be borderline dangerous and way offset the balance and everything else in the car because of the amount of fuel you would have to run. Uh, the absolutely. closest you come to it, if you've ever seen the Silver Crown cars that run with USAC, yep. they're, a, they're a bigger wheelbase version of a sprint car, but they also have a huge fuel, fuel tank. Cell. Yep. Well, able to do the, the thing wow. that I the thing that I really like about the idea of an extended race is, you know, you, you, I know that from the start of the night with the sprint cars to the end of the night, the track changes immensely. Yes. You know, I love an extended race, late model race on asphalt because the guys, the cream rises to the top. There's there's comers and there's goers. And I know that in, in sprint car racing, you have that anyways because they change the racetrack so fast by packing it in. Right. Yep. But I can picture that on steroids, you know, because the track would oh, yeah. would progressively deteriorate. And, 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 and not deteriorate in a negative way, just, you know, it would reduce grip, reduce grip, reduce grip as it goes. And the line and moves up and up. The, well, yeah, like, I, I just... You know, even have if you it, ever heard of rubber down? I got to interrupt you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Get the rubber down. Rubber on the down track. is the worst thing that happens to a racetrack, and what happens a lot of times is the rubber comes off the tires, mm-hmm. and it contact it becomes part of the racing surface. Yep. And all of a sudden, the race cars will pick up about a half a second. Yeah. Everybody at the same time. Because it'll be just like the grippiest racetrack in the history of mankind for these guys now. Yep. But the sad part is you can't pass. Okay. Oh. Yep. Because if you go off the rubber, you're into the loose stuff. Gotcha. And as soon as you move off, there's going to be a guy go right underneath you or on top, uh, up high above you. Uh, it's unfortunate. I know the rubber down condition 
which happens in longer races. And like I say, Ontario tracks, it may or may not happen, but that's, that's generally the case. Uh, uh, when you hear the term rubber down, everybody just rolls. Like if you're in the pits and all of a sudden you see the lap times are speeding up and nobody's closing in on anybody else. Yeah. You, you might just as well go grab a hot dog because that race is just going to be a, the cars moving the same gap. Right. I, and I know that. So the any, race is over. Yeah, anybody who's a dirt person yeah. is sitting here watching and they're shaking their head saying, what a, what a stupid question that is. You know, because, no, because I'm not a, I'm not a dirt guy. I just, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I try to every step of the way, even when, when you talk about the Pinty series on uh Shweekin, Every step of the way, I try to equate dirt racing to asphalt racing, and you just can't yep. do it. You know, like there's, there's certain, so many differences. There's, there's, right. there's certain tendencies that carry over, and you, you know, with a heavier car, you want to drive off straight, and you know, th- there's certain tendencies that that are the same. But it, it doesn't matter which way. It seems like it's kind of like backing up a trailer or driving a trailer straight, right? When, yeah. you're, when you're backing up a trailer, you got to go the opposite in the mirrors, right? And yeah. And yeah. and you know you're still moving the trailer, but you have to you have to do everything opposite, and and it's like that with dirt racing to me being being a a asphalt guy. So I I just I'm sorry about the if it was a stupid question, but no it, no it, it no is, what, it is what, what it is. I think <laughs> you're putting up though is like this is why guy guys like me when uh, when I see someone like Tony Stewart that can go dirt asphalt whatever drag race now apparently. Yeah. Or Christopher yeah. Bell or those guys, Kyle Larson. You could just, can you imagine such different disciplines of being on, on top of both of them? It's incredible. Yeah. Just amazing to see what Tony Stewart can do behind this, behind the wheel of a race car. Uh, and I know I was lucky enough to be there when he won his first sprint car race and got his words afterwards. Uh, pretty exciting at a week in that night. Uh, yeah. Peter, got to ask you here with uh, the Nice of Thunder and SOS coming together now. Are you looking at a large uh, driver input now from you know the, the, the Days of Thunder or the Nights of Thunder? Sorry, coming together. Do you got a new contingent of driver, or were they there already running SOS? Uh. Yes and yes, but what else really complicates it, and this is where I really have to, uh, pardon me, give Oshweekin a ton of credit. They, years ago, started a crate division. Yes. For sprint cars. And one of the things we haven't talked about with uh, sprint cars is the actual chassis and componentry are actually quite economical. Gotcha. So if you can't afford a full-up 360 motor, crates are such a great entry division. And what seems to be happening now is we just kept being fed by the crate division. I keep hearing stories of five or six more guys there. What I do fear, and I honestly do fear this, and you you guys have probably seen it in asphalt too, you don't want to get too, too popular because you don't want to be sending guys home either without racing, right? How Mm -hmm. do they get experience if they can't get into feature? There's too many cars. It is something I truly fear. Well, we lost them. We lost Pete. We'll reestablish that connection. Um, I'm not sure exactly where he went, but we will reestablish that connection. I'm just going to pop out of here for a second. Uh, and yeah. we will uh, try and grab Pete again. Maybe it, it, somebody was calling his, because it looked like he was on a phone. So if somebody calls, sometimes it drops out, eh? 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's uh, uh, weird for it to just freeze up like that. Yeah. But it could have a lot to do with the weather outside. It very <laughs> it, well could. We're, yeah. getting, we're getting pelted with snow pretty good here. The so. sprint cars are just amazing to watch on the racetrack. Uh, and the schedule that Pete has got laid out for them this Ambitious. year. Oh, on t- honest to God, he's uh, right into a really, really good scenario. 100%. When you look at, uh, you know, we, we talk about it a lot on on the amount of races, you know, what is attractive to a series. And I honestly think that, you know, one of Dirt's biggest benefit is, is that you can do more with less. You know, like the tires last for, you know, a handful of races, like you said. Um, you're racing shorter races, obviously. Um, so you're, you're not burning your stuff up, (laughs) you know, you're, you're on track a lot less, but you're also able to hit more races throughout the the course of the schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that to us looking at it, you know, we're, we're looking at it and saying that is an ambitious schedule, but a lot of the sprint car guys are going to do, you know, 30, 40, 50 (laughs) races anyways. Right. So, um, uh, you know, maybe it's, it's not as ambitious as what we're, what we're making it out to be, you know, maybe that's the, you know, the, the perfect amount for a traveling series here in Ontario. Uh, and, and by the looks of it, it is, you know, there's a lot of excitement online. You know, I scrolled through on, on, uh, Facebook and, and, uh, nothing but positive, you know, like, uh, huge, uh huge. positive reinforcement, uh, from the fan base and from the, the competitor base. Um, and man, you know, you you can't say enough about the the quality of equipment that rolls out on the racetrack with one of those Knights of Thunder races or an SOS race in the past. Now, you know, having the the points run, having everything you know buttoned up ahead of time, uh, just an incredible deal. And and uh, uh, man, I, I was having fun listening to Pete. He's so, so he's a wealth of knowledge. He sure is. He's the guy at the top, and we want to really thank Pete Turford for coming on here tonight. We lost him right near the end, but uh, I know we'll catch up with Pete again in the new year, and uh, we'll continue the conversation. Uh, SOS going to play a huge role in what we all love to watch in 2023. Uh, want to wish all the SOS teams, Pete Telfer, his wife, um, or Turfer and his wife, the whole family, everyone, a Merry Christmas from all of us here at Race Time Radio and all the tracks supporting that series. Uh, you can check them out. Get to their website, southernontariosprints.com. And uh, great, great, great series. Going to play a key role in 2023. We're going to hit this break. When we come back, we're going to hope to have Tim Terry with us right here, all live tonight on Race Time. It's time to get back to the racetracks. For over 30 years, Quick Quick Fire Starters have fueled the sport on and off the track, making lighting your campfire as easy as one, two, three. There's no need for kindling or paper. Just pop your Quick Quick Fire Starter in the pit, add your wood, and presto, you're a pro. Quick Quick Fire Starters, no harmful chemicals, and guaranteed to light your fire every time. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. 
Rev TV, your motorsports and automotive destination. Watch live races from around the world and right here at home from two wheels to four and so much more. Rev TV is your source for motorsports. Rev TV features exclusive race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and adrenaline-filled lifestyle programs 24-7. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Tonight's Race Time Radio is fueled by AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive out there? Celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to be here. E Street Radio, Sirius XM Channel 20. Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. During the 2000 NBA All-Star festivities, the Toronto Raptors' Vince Carter exploded to win the dunk contest with a series of moves including a through-the-leg slam. Carter's air show was a defining moment for basketball in Canada, putting the Raptors and the entire country on the map. A championship now in the books, Canada has become a hotbed for NBA talent. And it was Vince Carter flying through the air that started it all. Canadian Sports Trivia. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen, and I'm Mike Babchuk. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Welcome back. Race Time Radio. I think people forget about the true meaning of Christmas. Love, friendship, and spending time with the family. Mama would be inside, fixing turkey and dressing, and me and my brothers used to play outside in the snow for hours, throwing snowballs and... I'll never forget my daddy coming outside and saying, Hey! Who put the dick on the snowman? Andy Barris, the family. You could have used a ball bat, a cucumber, or a zucchini. But instead you used a thimble, something you could barely see. Who put the dick on the snowman? And made him look like me. <laughs> you boys been talking to your mama. I got your Christmas present right here, you little bastard. I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> Would not be Christmas if we didn't hear Rodney Carrington Jr., would it? No. You need him. Yeah, you gotta have them. I remember the first time I heard that song. <laughs> um, we were living out at the lake, and I'm talking, I bet you it's got to be 10 years, no, more than that, ago, uh, when Napster first came out. And I'm hunting around on the internet, and I was just amazed by the technology of Napster, yeah. where I could think of a song and then go there, type it in, and I could download it. Like, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. And I typed in, I must have typed in Comedy Christmas. And this Rodney Carrington thing came up. 
Well, there and was I a couple said, that night. There was there was Jackie Martling had one. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodney Carrington had a couple of them. They were funny. Oh yeah, Rodney Rodney and, Carrington's uh, got a load. If you got if you got the time, Google, Google Rodney Carrington. Yeah. Uh, because Rodney Carrington is an artist that uh, uh, he's got a million joke songs, and uh, that one there came up. Well, I fell off the chair the first time I heard it, <laughs> and I went, "Man, this describes absolutely everything." <laughs> And uh, I, I couldn't wait to play it somewhere sometime, and I did. There we go. Rodney Carrington, check him out. So funny. Anyway, uh, Tim Terry is who we've got coming up here on the show. Now, Tim is at that preseason hockey game between Germany and um, Germany and Slovak uh, is who he's watching out in Truro, Nova Scotia. And uh, he's going to catch up with us right after the game. Uh, great to hear from Pete from SOS. Uh, also coming up on the show, we're going to get Mario Goslin. Uh, we were going to have Mario kind of first, but uh, Mario needs a little bit more time. So we're pushing him off, and we're going to move Matt Shirley up on the schedule. And we'll get Maddie on here with us. But I'm looking forward to finding out and speaking with Tim Terry uh, I know lots has changed out on that East Coast. And we had the new series on here. We had Brett Roy on with us and, uh, you know, launched that new series, talked about it. That was a couple of weeks ago. And we'll find out from uh, Tim Terry how things are developing. Of course, Tim is the voice of the Pro Stock Tour. And in the discussions we had with Brett Roy, it uh, doesn't sound like it's going to conflict Mm -hmm. uh doesn't sound like they want to conflict in any way shape or form uh he wants to uh keep it keep it you know like where it's not conflicting so uh hopefully that's the case and as time goes on i'm sure developments will take place and when those developments take place you know tim terry is going to have his ear to the pipe and shaking the bushes to find out what's going on all the way around on Canada's East Coast. And as a matter of fact, we have him with us now. Tim Terry, who won the game? Uh, not even close. Germany, it was 5 nothing when I left. Ooh, you checked out 5 nothing left. Well, there was, there was, I think, five minutes left to go. I wanted to get to Enfield to, to park this thing before you called, and I got here with about 90 seconds to spare before Sue gave me a ring. Uh-huh. No kidding, no kidding. So uh, not a bad game. It looks like then Germany's got a team, do they? Germany looked a little more solid than Slovakia did. Are they a Canada, U.S., Sweden? Probably not. But uh, they did look solid. Slovakia still got a couple more games. They're playing one more in Toronto before they uh, they start the tournament. But uh, it's good to be back on the East Coast. So uh, we'll see what uh, see what shapes out this year. Now, do you have uh, plans, Tim, of hanging out and catching uh, like some Team Canada games? Is there a chance? Is the gold medal game going to be in Halifax, or is it going to be in Moncton? The the gold medal game is in Halifax. All the, the uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, for the most part, are in Halifax. Uh, the answer right now is, is no for me uh, because of the price of the gold medal game and the uh, uh, all the other stuff I've got going on. I'm, I'm doing the uh, announcing for the World of Outlaws CarQuest Auto Parts Sprint Car Series powered by iRacing. Uh, so that's taking up a lot of my Mondays. Uh, we've got a lot on the go uh, getting ready for the racing season, too. So I may end up catching a game, but chances are that's probably Probably not going to happen. So, uh, Tim, for the short bit of off season we've got, there has been a ton 
a ton happening, coast to coast, really, but lots of news out on that East Coast. What's got your attention, my friend? It's It's been a lot of super late model, pro stock, pro late, whatever you want to call it, sort of uh, sort of news in the last little bit. There's There's been some driver's meetings. Wayne had his uh, driver's meetings for Petty today, didn't get to hear a whole lot, uh, wasn't driving three hours in the snow or two hours in the snow to go up and uh, listen to driver's meetings today, so uh, I stayed put, but uh, uh, they're really starting to, to get going and, and what have you, so uh, we'll see what uh, see what the season has. Obviously, the, the big news has been the Super Late Model Series, and what they're doing, and uh, the, the dates, and I, I know you talked about just coming on the air about uh, conflicting and, and all that other, uh, the date thing. I think from a industry perspective, that's going to be the biggest thing, uh, because we've only got 22 weekends on the uh, Atlantic Canadian racing season. So we'll see if, if too much of a good thing is, is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, and if you take the 22 potential weekends, you know that four or five of them are going to suck due to rain. We don't know which ones. So that turns it down even more. Um, it, it, it It's hard to say. As long as the races don't overlap, Tim, do you think there's room for both out there, or do you think it's a mistake? At this point, I, I don't know how to exactly answer that question, Joe. Uh, we looked at the schedule last year when it came out, and we saw, okay, well, there's 12 Maritime Pro Stock Tour races, and there's, you know, the Mike Stevens race and the, and the Fredericton 250, which aren't a part of this series. And, you know, Tim Wilde does the Atlantic Championships, and that was an awesome event last year, by the way. Uh, and then you look at the extra open events, and now you're going to throw six into the mix. The, the, the best of the best, and, and the season opener at, at Fredericton were already there. Wayne has the international, plus he's going to throw another one in there that uh, got moved, rained out, whatever you want to call it, from this year. And then Oyster Bed's going to add two. Uh, one of them being a former tour date. So where, how many, we're, we're still sitting here figuring out how many races does one get or the other get from, from the outside perspective. And I, like all race teams, I think we're waiting to see the Maritime Pro Stop Tour schedule and see where it lands. Uh, I can tell you the driver's meeting, uh, we had that about a month ago. Cecil Vance showed up, listened to all the drivers, listened to everything. We saw the amendments a couple of weeks ago with shocks and increased pay and, uh, what have you for the tour. So it it looks, from the Maritime Pro Stock Tour perspective, it's the best that it's looked going into a season. Now we've just got to figure out who's going where and, and who's doing what. Uh, I don't think it changes the water on the beans competitor-wise a whole lot. Those New Brunswick cars are going to stay in New Brunswick. They're, they're not going to do a 12-race series and travel. We might see them at Petty or we might see them uh, on a New Brunswick race. The PEI cars are probably going to stay in PEI. Yeah, they might travel to one or two at Petty, and they might go to Speedway 660. I just don't think the, the water on the beans to, to coin, uh, steal something from Wade Wilson, I don't think it changes a whole lot. Yeah, but if they want to be part of the big show, the big show is definitely the Pro Stock Tour, the East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. That is the big show. Now, if you don't want to be part of it, Okay, you can talk about water on beans, but if you want to water the potatoes and get your ass into the big show, you're going to have to be at, you know, uh, Riverside. You're going to have to be at Scotia. You want to be part of those 250s. You want to be part of everything. And if you want to be part of the big show, you best get your buns and get it all figured out. So hopefully the dates don't overlap. I'm glad to hear that there has been positive stuff come through the tour 
Um, I, I was looking online, and I seen the 99 of Craig Slon White, and it had a for sale sign on it. And I'm sure, Tim Terry, that when we spoke with him after the championship, it was kind of decided that he was going to go and defend. Now, that was the excitement of the race. That was the excitement of the championship. And then I got a text back from Craig. I said, hey, is this an old post or is this a new post? Is your 99 actually for sale? And he said, yeah, it is. It's for sale. So I didn't know whether that meant I'm buying a new one or whether I'm stepping out. Uh, I didn't know how to address that, and I haven't messaged him back. I thought I'll do that next week, but I got Tim Terry coming on tonight. Timmy may know the answer before I even text it. The answer is I'm the same way as you are. I I really didn't go down that road with Craig. We were going to have Craig on the show last week and and, and chat and kind of do a year end with the Pro Stock Tour uh, on the Tim's Corner Live show. But he was busy. He had tickets to the Mooseheads game, so I uh, didn't get him to get on. But uh, it, it's things change. I'm not sure if it's a you know a, a Fury thing or a King thing or or, or him. Uh, maybe getting a new car, maybe going a different direction or whatever the case may be. Uh, but if we know Craig Swan White from being, uh, you know, racing at Scotia Speed World when he was racing the street stock and racing the sportsman car and uh, racing the pro stock, you better believe he's got something up his sleeve. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, what the plan is, whether it uh, whether that car sells or whether the car doesn't sell. Well, and Craig can't step out just yet. I, a, I think he's too young. B, he's well qualified. And uh, see, I, I can't see him stepping away unless he's going to, I don't know, take his right leg off or his left arm off and, uh, I don't know, move away to, um, I don't know, Labrador. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. He needs to be in a race car in the summertime. Tim, uh, with with the positives that have come out of the tour meeting, is it safe to say that uh, Tim's Corner is going to have the races in the Pro Stock Tour next year. Have they got you solidified? Are you back on the mix? Uh, we are, are waiting to see how the, the contracts fall and, and where where all the wording is and what due diligence we have to do as, as a brand to go out and secure those. Uh, I would like to say that, that that's probably where it's going to go. Um, I can tell you, me and Tara have talked about Scotia Speed World, and I don't see anything changing between us and, and Scotia Speed World. So we'll be we'll be there every single night, uh, whether it's a Friday night show or whether it's the the Saturday night tour races or what have you. But uh, uh, we're kind of still waiting on a schedule too, um, just like anything else, trying to uh, put crew in order and trying to put uh, you know sponsors in order and, and what have you. So uh, I would like to tell you yes, but I, I can't exactly tell you that any, anything is firmed up yet. We're just waiting for the. Uh, the eyes to be uh, dotted and teeth be crossed. Well, that's what they got a new season for. I just didn't know whether they had that particular part done just yet. When is the perspective date for the tour schedule to be announced? And maybe even Scotia Speed Rule, because one in part has to do with the other. Uh, do you expect schedules before Christmas, after Christmas? What are you thinking? I was told around Christmas. Uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't heard anything else from them other than uh, we're working on it. They were working on it at the uh, the meeting, and then there was uh, talks to be had with racetracks. And uh, that's the other thing. I, I had somebody ask me this week about, well, why is the schedule up yet? And I said, well, the problem is that, A, you've got a new series that's, you know, taken some dates and, and moved some dates around, and uh, you've still got a series that, that is a 12-race series. 
Uh, I know they talked about uh, at the meeting about double headers, similar to what we did in 2021 at, at Scotia. Uh, so I, I don't think anything is off the table uh, per se when we, we look at that sort of thing. Uh, but I know they're still trying to put everything in, in the proper order and, and trying to put it in, in a uh, in a place when it comes to the schedule. So uh, they're saying around Christmas, and, and I know once the Maritime Pro Stock Tour stuff is done, the Scotia Speed World stuff comes next, and I know we've been uh, playing around with some things and, and some events and uh, trying to put things into place there too. So uh, hopefully once one is done, the other follows uh, very quickly. Any of the dates that you've seen so far, Tim, have they been dates historically that have been Pro Stock Tour dates? Any like have any of them been stepped on where all of a sudden now the tour's got to go? Uh, now we got to move our date. There's a couple on that Super Late Model Series schedule that stand out to me. Obviously, the the, the big one is the Oyster Bed uh, Holiday Weekend in August. Uh, that was that was a tour race. Oyster Bed has, has said that they're they're looking at maybe one Maritime Pro Stock Tour race instead of two this year. Um, but who who knows where where the negotiations have gone back and forth? We can sit here and speculate all day long. Uh, that first June-ish race at Petty, we're usually there early June. So does that change anything? Who really knows? Uh, September 30th, we've used the last two years, and you mentioned it off the top of the interview, because of rain. Uh, so who really knows what uh, the schedule is going to hold? But I would almost have to guess that there's probably going to be some fixing around. And the other thing is, too, especially out here, and we saw it on two weekends last year, uh, especially coming off of COVID, Cavendish Beach Weekend when uh, the Big Country Concert is in PEI, mm-hmm. uh, the YQM Country Festival in Dieppe, which is the same weekend as the Oxford 250, those two weekends historically haven't been great for A, a fan count, and B, maybe not necessarily the full car count, but you're going to see some teams that want a weekend off, and they're going to go and, and enjoy some music. Uh, so not only do you have to watch those other races, there's also the entertainment dollar that you almost have to chase too on that side so uh there's another wrinkle to throw into the schedule those other events that uh, might be ones that you might want to avoid on weekends well and, and it didn't really make sense to me when i looked at the august weekend um i know from having the beach i always looked at that august weekend as the biggest crowd of the year always and when you got that pro structure in it costs money you want to make sure that you can jam them in. And, Tim, it, like, logic would tell you that you want to have your tour when your opportunity's at the greatest, and it's at the greatest on a long weekend. Um, you move the date, you may not be as successful. That's all I'm saying. And I don't know, because obviously we've been going to PEI for the last few years on the July long weekend, on, on the Canada Day weekend, which Canada Day falls, I think, on a Friday this year. And the August long weekend, the, the natal day, New Brunswick Day, whatever it is, long weekend, it's not a holiday on PEI, but it's a holiday everywhere else in the region. Uh, the last two years, PEI has seen a little bit less of a crowd than they wanted to. Obviously, 2021, we didn't go. 2020, we didn't go. Last year, the two races in 22 were hindered by rain. Uh, when it rains 10 minutes down the road in Cavendish, nope, those people in Cavendish aren't coming to the racetrack. Yeah. So from, from that side of it, I think that hurt it a little bit. Uh, the Canada Day weekend, we were going to race Saturday, and it got rained out and we ran Sunday. But if you think back to 2019, that was the same thing. Uh, we were Actually, I think that was the year, 2018 or 2019, the year that Jonathan won that, that July race. Mm-hmm. We rained out and ran the next weekend against Cavendish Beach 20 minutes away. Yeah. So there's, it, 
the weather hasn't been great. Even when we went to Gary on that, that July long weekend, it, it, it seemed like every time we rolled into town, there was weather in behind us. So uh, it just, it, but that's the way it goes. That's, that's the way you deal with it with, with a uh, summer sport. So, uh, but yet yeah, traditionally those two weekends in PEI, you cannot move because they are wall to wall people. Tim, while things are shaking up here, and, and <laughs> I don't know who's driving the zero car, I'm assuming. It's <laughs> Go ahead. While things are shaking up here, um, yeah, I I see it, and, and I, I asked the other question, or I asked the the, the guest before you uh, this very question about sprint cars, and it was probably a stupid question on that side, but a great question on this side. Do you see a day where there's a maybe a 300 lap race or an extended distance race? beyond the 250 that we see uh, for the crown jewels that are out there? I don't see why not. Uh, the Mike Stevens race this year is now a 254, uh, and it's paying $20,000 to win. Wow. Uh, I, do, I don't – it's not out of the question, does it happen this year? Who, who really knows? Does, does the IWK 250 become the IWK 300 at some point? I, the, these teams and these drivers have proven they can go 250 laps. I don't put it past the drivers or past the teams or past the racetracks. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't see why not. I, I think it's, it's maybe at the 30th I, I honestly, year of the IWK 250, they yeah. could make it the IWK 300 yeah. on the 30th you, you year know, for memory. You, when you look at, uh, you know, the, the crown jewels, 250 is a great length for a race, for a, a pro late model, super late model race, 250 laps is, is primarily a, a perfect number. I love a hundred laps. I love 150. I love 200. I love 250, whatever, whatever number you want. When you start looking at the, the big crown jewels of the sport, when you look at, at down south on the super late model side, you know, you got the Winchester 400, you got the All-American 400, you got the Snowball Derby, which is 300, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I think that I, I think it's just natural progression. Um, it, it, I think that, you know, while everything is mixing up here and, and we're moving and shaking, let's let's do a, 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 a different take without changing the rule book, you know, without changing without changing a bunch of stuff. Let's take a step up and and uh, and maximize the distance a little bit. And it's I, cool. I, I would love to see a 300 lap pro stock race. APC has picked it up this year, Tim. I don't know whether you've noticed that or not, but there's some 150s in APC for the first time ever. And I, I know, and I, I did see that, and I like the 100s that we used to do, but they went by so quick. You could, We could go to Scotia Speed World and have a 100-lap race clicked off in 20 minutes. Yeah. And it'd be done, and, and the fans are kind of sitting there thinking, okay, what's next? Yeah, and half of them are we, just we, rolling in. Nothing, yeah, well, that's it. There's, there's nothing left to do on the card. Uh, so I think the 150s is a perfect length. Um, we, we have, I think there's one or two that have gone green to checkered, uh, but there hasn't been many. Uh, so that, and, and plus with, uh, we did some competition cautions last year, 40 lap comp cautions. Uh, some of the fans liked it. Some of the fans didn't, uh, some of the races that helped out some of the races that really didn't need it. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, they moved to one fifties because the one hundreds were a little too short. The fans want at one fifty, the competitors want at one fifty and it all worked out. Uh, Obviously, the, the 200 at the end of the year has always been a staple. We've had our two 250s. Uh, we used to have the, the 200 when the International was uh, at Petty at the uh, end of August. Uh, but you look down south historically, you, you don't have to look far. You look at the Path North Series when uh, they did with Cassett there back 20 years ago, and I think it was a 400-lapper uh, at was Cassett. You look at the Beach Ridge 300. Uh, there's, there's races that have gone those lengths. Uh, I, I think it's something to... Uh, 
if if the teams are on board and and you know I'm sure the fans would love it. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, I'm sure we could pull off out here. A, a race that we talk about a lot in the on like on the NASCAR Pinty side. It is surprising to me how many times this race has been brought up, um, and it, it got brought up again this year. Had a you know a, a big long conversation with Steve Robley sitting on the wall at Delaware Speedway talking about this very race. But Sanu Stash used to have a 500 lap race, <laughs> and you weren't allowed to change tires unless you had a flat. Wow, wow. They had a and now the thing about it is is that everybody was blowing tires. Like you're going to blow a right front tire, you're going to blow a right rear if you don't save your stuff. And uh, you know, DJ Kennington won that a handful of times. Um, you know, made the trip over, raced Delaware Friday and then went to St. Eustache and and Ran won the, the 500. 500. Wow. And uh um yeah, but that that race has been talked about, you know, n- numerous times. I, I I think back, you know, through over the course of the, the past couple of years, being close with DJ and and whatnot. Um, but him and McCall would go over there and and uh, and wax them. You know, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun to uh, <laughs> to hear about. Um, I know that a five hundred lap race is not anything you know special because the NASCAR Cup Series did it. You know, has done it numerous times forever, forever. Yeah. But that being said. I love extended distances, and and I think that uh, I think that would be a good move for the pro stock tour to do. Timmy, you got anything else shaking on the East Coast? What's happening in sportsmen? You got move ups. Uh, what are you hearing? There's there's a couple of, of drivers moving up in sportsmen at Scotia Speed World, which is great for us because we have one of the, the strongest divisions as of yet when it comes to that sportsman. Uh, class in the Maritimes. Craig McFetrick did a great job with the Auto World Mass Series this year, and I know they're planning on coming back next year. Haven't released a schedule yet, uh, but he says that most of the racetracks that he went to last year are on board and, and ready to go again. Uh, Nick Baker is moving up to Sportsman this year. He bought Alex Johnson's car. Alex Johnson bought Dale Richardson's 55 car, so Dale is uh, retired. He's He's been around the sport for decades, decades, and uh, good to see Alex finally move into a bow tie. I know Devin and, and Pete were kind of uh, ribbing him about that at the banquet, but Baker's moving up. I know J.J. McPhee is looking for a car as well to try to take the two uh, top two in Thunder and move them to Sportsman this year. Uh, not sure what uh, other rumblings are going on. League of Legends Tour is working on their stuff for the year. Uh, Lake Dowsett is uh, is working on their stuff. Uh, waiting to hear from Valley Raceway. They've got a banquet coming up as well. There's uh, it, It's in that point of the off season where the news is coming out and it's starting to... Uh, starting to trickle into us yeah and i know there's going to be a lot more on the other side of the holidays how about you tim terry i know you've been down south already after the season wrapped up you went down and called a bunch of races down south uh you got more to come coming speed weeks uh yeah that that last uh, little trip was fun got impromptu go to loudon when uh, wayne and ellen canceled their last race in october got to go down and call road course world finals for u.s legend cars and i uh, got to go to vegas got to go to a non-race car vacation to calgary which was probably the funnest of the three even though vegas was uh, was pretty neat uh, got uh, got the trip booked this year we're going to do the uh the brad hockaday winter showdown deal at auburndale uh it's a six-day deal uh single races no points uh payouts every night legend cars bandoleros uh, all that fun stuff you can uh check them out on facebook at, at winter showdown or uh, showdown series uh the next week is winter nationals at citrus county speedway and then uh a week of I have no idea what's going on after Speed Weeks. Uh, hang out in Charlotte, chill a little bit, and then uh, head back home. And uh, Scotia Speed World Maritime Pro Stock Tour is doing the Atlantic Outdoor Sports and RV Show the second week of March in Halifax. So uh, 
Got to be home for that this year. Well, and you'll be well tanned, all ready to go. Uh, hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully we get the the daiquiri uh, number up a little bit down there, and uh, everything is uh, is good to go. You know, Tony's going to treat you well. It's going to be awesome, Tim. Been great catching up with you tonight. Uh, Want to wish you and the family a Merry Christmas. I know it's going to be a tough one for you this year, kid, but just press on. And man, I can't believe the news early this year. It's just going to make for a big 2023, I think, bud. It's going to be a very busy season out on the East Coast and, and what have you. And, uh, you know, spoke with Mike. I know Mike's been under the weather a little bit at Eastbound, but he's got some things on the go and, and excited for that as well. And uh, lots, lots, to, lots to do. We've, uh, we've got an uh, endurance race on, on iRacing coming up on Thursday night with $75 to win. I know Justin Collison's coming for that. So uh, I guess uh, everybody's going to have to try to beat the, uh, the car coming down from Ontario, quote-unquote, to, uh, to win that one. We, we've got all kinds of things on the go uh, Looking forward to the uh, the Christmas season. Uh, there's no slowing down, and then uh, we get going again in uh, January, all the news and everything else. I hope Santa Claus is good to you. When's your next show back? Uh, so we actually don't take a break over the off-season, um, or uh-huh. over the uh, the Christmas season. So we've got our holiday party for Tim's Corner Live this week. Uh, so it's an open open invite, which was kind of scary last year, uh, but it was fun. It, it's kind of a, a round table with whoever shows up, shoot the breeze, have a good time. Our award show is December 28th, uh, and then uh, we're, we roll back into regular shows in January and uh, keep on going down the road. I'm doing World of Outlaws for, for iRacing every Monday night. Uh, you can check that out on Dirt Vision or on the iRacing uh, streaming platform, so there's a little bit of racing to, to take care of as well on that side, and uh, then uh, fill it with whatever else is there, maybe a World Junior game, maybe uh, Petty's got a race on December 31st for an Enduro and a, and a uh, Demolition Derby. Uh, so they're going to do some winter racing up there and then hand out their awards for the year. So nothing is completely quiet out here, but it's uh, it's starting to slow down just a little bit as we head into January. Well, get the shovel out. Merry Christmas, and I hope Santa's good to you, buddy. We can't shovel rain, so so far I'm going to knock on every single piece of wood I can find in this car. <laughs> You're good. Have a good one, Timmy. Thanks so much. Sounds good, Joe. Thank you. That's Tim Terry uh, uh, on Canada's East Coast. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go all the way to the West Coast. We've bumped Mario Goslin to the second half of hour two, and we've brought Matt. Matt uh, Shirley is going to jump in next. All live right here on Race Time Radio. Stay with us. Matt Shirley coming up. Coast to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Talks. Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. November 24th, 2019, the 107th Grey Cup in Calgary, and Winnipeg's 33-12 defeat of the Hamilton Tiger Cats signaled the end of one of the longest droughts in CFL history. It was the Blue Bombers' first championship since 1990, and for running back Andrew Harris, it was doubly historic as he was named most valuable player and most valuable Canadian, a first in Grey Cup lore. Canadian Sports Trivia. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, 
You can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. AP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elper. Rush holds a special place in our hearts and in the record books. They've sold more than 40 million copies around the world. They have a star in the Hollywood Rock of Fame, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Officers of the Order of Canada. And they've released 24 gold records and 14 platinum albums, placing them fifth for the most consecutive gold or platinum studio albums by any rock band. From the high banks of Daytona, we cover it all. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. And now, back to the Joes. Hey, shake and bake, Woo! Shake and bake! And here on Race Time Radio. Any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me? I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. With a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah! Where's the Tylenol? Oh, you gotta love to see. That's why I want Christmas vacation, just for that line alone. That and the uh, the saucer when he oh. goes down the hill. Oh yeah, when he goes down the hill and he yep. puts that certified lubit on the bottom of it, yep. and he is gone. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not Christmas until you see the sparks coming off the the pizza saucer. <laughs> on his way into the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Too much fun. Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. Across the country we go this time. We get uh, a driver that really had an outstanding 2022. Thought it'd be a great way to cap 2023 uh, right here tonight. Matthew Shirley does an incredible job in his number 12 car. He not only raced the 300 at the beginning of the year and top, I want to say top five for that. Uh, he also championed at Saskatoon. He got into uh, a NASCAR Pindy's car for the first time. The guy had a great year, and he joins us now on the hotline. He also joins us live on Skype. So what's going on tonight there, Skype, on Zoom? Sorry. What's going on tonight there, Matt? How you doing, buddy? Just been listening to you guys uh, tonight. It's been a pretty uh, low-key weekend. I got a couple days off here before the, the Christmas break here just with work. So this has been my vacation time. Wow, you're looking fantastic, man. Uh, you had a Thanks. good 2022. I don't know how you're going to top it, but I got a sneaky suspicion you're about to. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. That's Yeah, it was the 300 there in Penticton was a great way to start the year. Um, being up our first 300 laps is a, that was a lot of laps. I don't think I've ever been more fatigued and tired after a race than that one. And that race uh, ended pretty funny because I got into it with uh, Trevor Siebert. There were 25 to go and knock the radios out. So I was completely spotterless for the last 25. So I was very thankful to come out of that one in one piece and secure a top five. And those, the cars there were incredible meeting some of those guys like Brandon Carlson too, from the Island and racing against when the Sieberts had 
that race that was incredible seeing how quick those cars were and then being able to race against Kyle Reed and then even getting him to come out for a bridge seat 200 then later that year it was it was surreal it went by in the blink of an eye and then it was funny that NASCAR package came together seriously three weeks before the race it was one of those situations where you know I was able to I sold my uh, my personal car at the time just because we needed a little bit more space and then I had a little bit of cash there sold the mini stock that I had for a bit and then I was like Got, got permission from my girlfriend first, asked her, yeah. talked to the team, talked to dad. Dad thought I was crazy. He's like, there's no way it's good. Well, he, he he was supportive. He just, there was like three weeks time. That's a low, uh, low amount of time. And then thank goodness we had a uh, provincial vodka come on board. Give him the shout out. A couple other guys. Good idea. That, uh, went together. And next thing you know, we were running a car prepared by DJ Kennington and running with the big boys and survived that race. And then was able to secure the championship for the local series, which was awesome. That's a busy year, my friend. Oh, busy. busy. That is a busy year. That's, uh, yeah. that's incredible. It's, it's always fun to hear, you know, the recaps of, uh, of seasons that are out there. And that's, that, that's one of those seasons that you're going to remember. You know, it's probably a lifetime memory. It's, you know, it's a, it's a tremendous amount of racing packed into, into one summer. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's incredible to, uh, I, I was there, Saskatoon, watched every yeah. lap. You did a hell of a job behind the wheel of a Penny's car. Uh, a lot different than a super late model, obviously, um, but uh, uh, you, you definitely had a lot of fun. The the crowd was so far behind you. Uh, it was a lot of fun. To, every time you made a move, man, everybody in the crowd cheered. Um, it was, uh, it was cool. There was a couple of races like that. You know, I think back to the eastbound race and Sarah Thorne and, and, uh, uh, as well, the, uh, the 56 there, McFarlane, um, you know, it, it was like that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and then, and then with you and, and, and Chantel in the field, um, on the Western side, um, you know, it, it's just, it's such a neat dynamic, but you did, you did a whale of a job behind the wheel of that race car. And, and, uh, uh, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch. I appreciate that. And yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can't announce anything right now, but that is one one. I want to get another chance, crack at that race just because, I mean, the first time I sat in the car was the day before where we got it rough fitted. And then the first time I practiced with it was an hour before the race. And it was just as a racer, it's just so much to take in. Like I've gotten, I've had thousands of laps at that track, but I ran Sportsman, which was like the old cast cars. So I had an idea kind of with a, you know, a heavier car on that track, but going from a Pinty's car that's got the horsepower and compared to our late model, which is, you know, lightweight and crate car. It was, it was a adjustment period for sure, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Don't make any mistake here, Matt, uh, being on race time radio, like there's quite a few people listening and I know our next guest, Mario Goslin, he's always yeah. looking for talent to get into his NASCAR nation or nationwide Xfinity teams. And I've seen him call up drivers like you and say, hey, do you want an opportunity here on the big stage? Uh, just so you know, you've got that kind of potential, Matt, going from the 300 on the West Coast, picking up a top five, championing at your home track in Saskatoon, jumping into the National Series and running respectful with zero practice, first time in a car. That's the kind of That's the kind of stuff that... You know, guys like Mario are looking for, and it's kind of cool uh, to, to, to know we got talented guys like you. Red Cross this country just need a little bit of light shined on you, and that's precisely, uh, well, it, it's you guys, though. You, you get the light shined on you when you do stuff like you do, and uh, it, it's kind of cool. Are you getting the number 12? Is it all blowing apart, sort of getting it ready to go? 
back to Sutherland Automotive Speedway, your home track? Well, the yeah, we're gonna we, we haven't tearing tearing it apart too much. I know there's there's actually there's some good uh, competitors moving into our division. Some new cars. There's a new car being built actually uh, with Rob Howlett and Sam Howlett. They were my dad and him were kind of teed up, teamed up back in the Casper days, and Sam Rob's son now has moved up through the ranks. He ran he won the Sportsman Championship last year, and he's going to go into late model. And actually, I don't know if you guys saw, but Chantal Kalika too. Uh, she posted that they're going to be running a limited late model schedule. It sounds like for next year. So the late model thing in, in Saskatoon is going really strong, which is awesome um, for us. I think it's this year is one of the years where it's like, don't break anything or don't, don't fix anything. that's not broke. Like where the car was uh, the 200 race, so much positives happened except for that 200 race. Unfortunately, I got into yeah. it with uh, the 70 of Trent Seidel just about not even halfway through the second leg of the race, but lap 130 some, and I just got loose into the corner, just tagged him enough, and then it was myself, him, and Kelly Admiral, like, all just made contact. I ended up nosing in the wall. That part was unfortunate because the car was dominant, and so I'm really hoping we can keep that speed. I mean, we won three out of the six races in Saskatoon, which was awesome. I mean, the, the field of competitors there is – they help train us for when we go to another race, and it was really fulfilling to see what we were able to do in Penticton. And that's more of a tip of the cap to the racers that we were able to race back at home to kind of just mentally prepare you for that. And then, and then yeah, so it's going to be the late model, going to keep it pretty status quo. We'll see if we need to try to get more speed out of it. I'm really excited for and I really wait to hear more announcements on that race because I've heard they paved one and two, and that was the corner that I was just, oh, that was the only thing I needed help with because <laughs> you'd ride that corner three and four, the banking go ahead go to one with a head of steam and hit your head against your seat about three times. <laughs> Do that for 300 laps. <laughs> yeah. was, that was a battle. Oh, it was. Race. Turn one and two was murder for a lot of teams. Uh, you know, the guys that ran there all the time were able to either go above that bump yeah. or below that bump. They had the car set so that it would go either way. But any of the newcomers, man, you had to put up with that bump and, and it threw you for a loop. But you don't have to worry about that. That bump's gone. I know uh, we had Trevor on the show, and he took a lot of heat from a lot of teams when he went out there and fixed that. Um, any of the guys that sort of had it figured out said, no, 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 leave that right where it is. And Trevor said, no, no, we got to fix it, guys. Come on. Uh, we're not all going to get broken teeth no more. We'll <laughs> fix that bump, and away we'll go. So that you won't have to put up with. And just like you, Matt, our fingers are crossed. Everything is uh, just, we're sitting on the edge of our seat waiting for Trevor yeah. Sieber to announce the Western Rattler 300 2023. I do believe it's coming. Uh, don't, believe me when I say, I think we're only just smidges away from hearing that announcement. Yeah. Uh, but I know we wait with bated breath, just like you do, bud. Oh, that's exactly right. I was like, tip my hat again to Trevor Riley, that entire team for putting that together. The quick, the time period too that they're able to do it, and I think the, the years progressing now for that event will just be it's going to be surreal with the the grandstands in there, and it's a it's a fun track to race. I remember coming into the into the pits after the first time of practicing, my hands were just shaking. I mean, it's a smaller track, but the speed you carry around those corners are it's surreal. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It's, a, it's, it's serious. It's a driver's racetrack, that's for sure. You oh, can just yeah. tell from the from the videos that I've seen, and and you know, it's you, you gotta you gotta manhandle the thing in order to make speed. <laughs> you can see it. It's uh, it definitely looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Matthew, uh, I gotta ask, and and I think that this 
this will go a long way for other competitors um, across this great land. Um, mm-hmm. But it, so the NASCAR Pinty Series comes to Saskatoon one time. Right, it races yeah. there uh, for a, a double header. It's a massive event every single time that they've ever unloaded at Sutherland Motor Speedway. Um, it, it has been a, a staple event, you know, since I don't even know what year that would have been two thousand and ten. Two thousand ten. Yep. So, so, but I, I got to ask, as a local competitor, so you get that opportunity. Um, and you shop it around to a few companies because you had lots of stickers on that car. Uh, yeah. you, you shop it around. What was the reception like when you walked into a company that's local in Saskatoon and said, hey, look, NASCAR's coming to town. Um, are you interested in being a part of it? Was it much of a sales process for you, or or did it kind of sell itself? Was it was it really intriguing right out of the gate, or, or did you have to put your salesman hat on? T- talk a little bit about that, because I, I think that you know, there's a big opportunity for local mm-hmm. competitors, whether it's in Edmonton, whether it's in, you know, in, in uh, Chaudier, in Quebec, uh, whether it be in, in Trois-Rivières, wherever that might be, uh, there's local competitors in and around those areas that can get a deal like yours done. Um, and, and, you know, we're seeing it more prevalent uh, over the last couple of years um, where, where, you know, guys can put it together. But I, I want to know from, from the horse's mouth – uh, kind of what that sales process was like and and how how hard it was for it all to come together well for this year it turned out really easy <laughs> it was actually uh but this has been a process for myself where i've been trying to you know do some digging learn a little bit more about you know how to get involved with the pinty series for a few years and i have to uh tip my hat to being associated with a team like dj kennington there for prepping that car and then talking to some other team uh, owners as well it's the questions you got to ask the great questions and figure out what it's going to take to get you there um, and as well be serious about it too like don't just there's a lot of tire kickers in racing and, and I think as a young aspiring racer the biggest thing you need to be is genuine honest and kind of make it as like a you know this is a plan that you want to achieve and then when you're going when you're racing in your local track that's the biggest way to get the feelers out of there for sponsors and that because you can go when you go i mean you can i think there's always kind of like a cap you can get out of sponsors for a local series right you don't want to go in there asking them this you know like what is going to run a pinty series to run a local that's not it's not feasible and i went into business and marketing for myself and got my degree here in saskatoon and my biggest thing it's marketing is creating value for your customer so for myself, it was, you know, help build myself up, build my brand up, build it to, there was a couple of times there's some little kids that came into the pits and like, why are you, when are you going to go into the NASCAR race? And then when you start kind of getting that vibe and that kind of push behind you, like you said, the crowd support was so surreal when it came to this year where I was like, Hey guys, I'm putting up like some of my, like I took some risk into it myself, obviously going into it. It's like in any race, yeah. but this is what I want to put in. It. This is what I need to make it happen. Do you want to join? in on it and at that moment i've made enough personal contacts i mean we had tj's uh tj's pizza from melford i used to race against some of the guys in sportsmen up there so it's building relationships then asking saying hey would you want to be a part of this because at the end of the day are those guys gonna i mean you're gonna get your dollars and cents for the tv coverage everything you're gonna get are you gonna get that for pure value at a local level you're gonna get more out of the respect and admiration of the companies around you and and the fans around you for supporting that driver taking that step at that time for this for the one off so this was 
a big stepping stone for me that way and put myself out there. And I think when people saw that push and that drive, I think some of the times for, again, going back to the core question, like what you have to do is like as a young racer is ask the right questions and don't be afraid to ask. Ask for the sponsorship. At the end of the day, it's a dollar figure amount. And if you know what you need to get, get the answers to know what you need. Don't get greedy with it. Don't sell yourself any less, though, at the same time. You've got to cover cost and make the dream become a reality. And do what you say you're going to do. Whatever you tell them you're going to do, you better do that plus a tad more. And you've yeah. always got a happy sponsor that would always be glad to come back and help you again when they can. So just speaking to that, Joe, it was when I was selling it, it was my present presentation. was like, if I was able to put this together, would you be on board for X? Right. Cause then in my mind, then at that moment, I'm not, I'm not taking any, I can't take the money yet until it's all everything aligns. Cause there were so many moving pieces. There was, is, am I going to be able to get a car from DJ there in time? Am I going to be able to get all my NASCAR license stuff in time? Am I going to be able to pass the physical? Am I able to do this? Am I going to be able to do that? And all the pieces started coming together. And then when you had people give you tentative less yeses, then everything came together. Well, yeah. And, and, and it was the the biggest thing as well is and, and you look at it and and everybody. Sure. They want to be a guy like DJ Kennington and they want, you know, they want to one day get a phone call from a company like Castrol and, and we're going to race the entire series and and we're going to go race. And that's everybody's dream. It never yeah. happens. It never will happen. But everybody looks at it and they say, well, it's an impossible jump from late model to Pinty's, right? Not everybody says that, but but um, a vast majority of people say it's, it's, it's an impossible jump from Saturday night or, to that or from 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 sprint cars into into the Pinty series or or, you know, whether it be down south, it's an impossible jump from from Saturday night into K&N or, or ARCA. But when you look at how you did it, you did it exactly the same way that a guy like Brad Kozlowski did it, right? Yep. The exact same process. And, and and really, it's about building your personal brand in your local territory, build that up, leverage relationships, and, and cultivate those relationships long term. You know, and maybe there are companies in, in and around SAS. Well, there are. 100% guaranteed there are companies in and around Saskatoon that can afford to field a Pinty's car. That would generate value for them, right? But mm -hmm. if you go to them right out of the gate and say, I want to build a Pinty's team, I'm going to go full-time, and it's going to cost you $350,000. Well, you may as well just walk right back yeah. out of that room because nobody's going to say anything. Nobody's but going to invest that much money. If you do it a couple times, you, you get a couple of starts under your belt. Um, you know, you, you win at your local your your local level you make a couple of traveling trips and and you keep your column inches growing whether it be in the newspaper whether it be on race time radio whether it be on tsn you keep those things growing and and eventually you're going to gain more opportunity and that's that's kind of why i wanted to put a spotlight on it because i think your formula while while it was due to your hard work it was also, you know, it, it is also a, a very easy roadmap for a number of competitors that are that are, you know, across the country and and really across mm -hmm. North America because, you know, if you're not thinking Pinty series because you're in you know Washington State, um, you can be looking at the Arca West series, right? Sure. And sure. or or you could be looking at uh, at the Truck series, for instance. So, uh, and our next guest, Mario Goslin, he's and and to go back to your point. 
you know, those those are all things um, that you grow into those opportunities. And, and uh, um, it's not necessarily about somebody writing a check for you and being an opportunity giver. It's about you earning it and, and going out. And that's the coolest part that I've seen about your program is that you earn it and every step of the way you over provide and and uh and that's that's a, a wicked thing and, and hats off to you for doing that and great job yeah awesome awesome, awesome. maddie awesome Chris. awesome uh we look forward to seeing what you got coming out for 2023 and what do you say we leave it right here and we will get you back on as things develop for the number 12 car and we'll get you back on here and uh, we'll see where things lead for 2023. But you, my friend, have got a very bright future in this game. I can tell you that. Awesome, guys. I really appreciate that. And I'd uh, love to be on anytime. Well, Merry Christmas to you and the whole Shirley family uh, and the whole 12 yeah. team. You guys uh, enjoy the holiday and get ready, man. 2023 is going to be off the hooks. Awesome. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Thanks again. You bet. That is Matthew Shirley out on Canada's West Coast out in Saskatoon. You can't call that the West Coast. Well, it is. No, no. Well, it's a lot further like, west than it's we like are, in the kid. Center. It's the center. Well, not if you it's, look at well, the map. You, Get it's, a map it's, But it's not the West Coast, man. He's, there's two provinces between, between him and the coast. They're called the Western Riders for a reason. The Rough Riders. The Western Riders. They used to be called the Western You're Riders. You're dating yourself now. That's okay. I is one. So what are you <laughs> going to do? We're going to hit our break. At Mario Goslin on the other side. We'll talk NASCAR Xfinity. He is coming off a dynamite year as well. Thanks so much. Stay with us live on Race Time Radio. Coast to coast, coast to coast, you're listening to Canada to Talks. Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Now, a flashback in Canadian music history. Here's Eric Elford. Tom Cochran's most famous song, Life is a Highway, was a number one hit in Canada, and it hit the top ten in the Billboard charts back in 1992. It was written after Tom's famine relief work overseas took place. He was so taken with what was happening there, he wrote it as a pick-me-up to himself after watching the devastation. That's why he mentioned places in the song like Khyber Pass, along with his hometown of Vancouver. Canadian Sports Trivia, here's Joe Thistle. During the 2000 NBA All-Star festivities, the Toronto Raptors' Vince Carter exploded to win the dunk contest with a series of moves including a through-the-leg slam. Carter's air show was a defining moment for basketball in Canada, putting the Raptors and the entire country on the map. A championship now in the books, Canada has become a hotbed for NBA talent. And it was Vince Carter flying through the air that started it all. Canadian Sports Trivia. 
Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Fort Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indigenous Nova Scotia. Drivers, start your engines! Welcome back to the track. Live on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM 167. I love a more Christmas fun for you, and it doesn't get any better than that guy, Junior. Uh, it's Christmas when you hear uh, 12 Days of Christmas yep. with Jeff. Jeffrey Foxworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- awesome stuff. Uh, I hope you're all ready for the holidays. I know we are here. Uh, we got everything all lined up, and our next guest is live on the hotline. Uh, we talked to him uh, just before Daytona, and he got his cars all ready to go. He was all set for another season. And, man, what a season did DGM have this year. Uh, they had severely the highs and the lows of the sport. This team experienced all of them with loss for crew member and uh, top five finishes. And uh, just the whole gamut got thrown at uh, Mario Goslin this year. And he joins us on the hotline where we can recap the season. What's going on tonight there, Mr. Mario? How you doing, bud? How you doing, man? Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, I tell you what, I think of you every, if not day, every second day uh, throughout the course of the year. And uh, it, it tell you what, Mario, it's great to hear your voice because uh, I think of you all the time. And I'm watching what you're doing all the time. I just don't get a chance to speak with you all the time. And um, it, it sure is nice to catch up with you tonight. Great season in 2022. What's your scorecard on it? Well, I'm, uh, I think you summed it up a lot, a lot of highs and lows. I mean, um, thought we're, thought we're almost going to win a race at Coda with Ross and led some laps. And, you know, we had three cars in the top 10 qualifying there. And, um, we had a lot of good runs. Alex ran well at, at Portland. Obviously, uh, road courses are, he's always good at and had a good run at Charlotte, but we also had a lot of, a lot of wrecks and incidents and things we got caught up in that, you know, not always of our doing, but uh, it's definitely up and down season. I feel like the series has gotten a lot more competitive, and um, with with the twenty minute practice and the lack of us being able to make the changes we'd like to make um, during practice, it just it puts us in a box, and it's a lot tougher to try new things and and become more competitive. I was really hoping with the new rules package and everything else that it was going to draw everybody closer. And I think it did. I think it did help, Mario. Uh, what's your opinion of that? And is there new rule changes again now for 2023 that you got that are positives? I, I feel like they went the right way uh, with the rule package. I mean, during COVID where we didn't have practice at all, I felt like we were um, – very competitive, you know. We we're, we're competitive week in, week out. Just, just for some reason, there's short practice, and um, I feel like you know the guys with the resources and the and the sim rigs and the, are 
are out are able to outdo us. We're not able to learn what we need to learn at the track, and you know, if we want to make big changes, we're not able to because because of the way the rules are. We can only do change so many things. Talk, um, talk. So I, I feel like the rules brought us together. I don't know. We just uh, we got a test coming up in Charlotte, um, January thirtieth, because they did change the. Uh, rear skew rule and the, and the truck arm and a lot of stuff in the rear suspension that they changed. And uh, so we get a test to try, you know, some things there and kind of figure out how, how those changes are going to affect the car and what we can do to kind of overcome it. Will those tests be, uh, will those tests be any benefit to Daytona? Because I know that's going to be your first race of the year. Will anything carry from Charlotte to Daytona? No, I feel like the super speedway stuff is, is, pretty much its own animal you know i mean uh, daytona talladega and now and now atlanta uh, almost you know might as well consider that a super speedway as well with the rules package being the same um or the engine package being the same anyway i should say but um no i, I don't feel like any of that is going to carry over to daytona at all um but i feel like we're in pretty good shape our speedway stuff um, ran well i feel like all year and we're obviously always trying to make things better and go faster, but um, I feel like we're going to be okay there. Damn, I can't tell you how many times I've been watching, and, and, and the caliber of driver that you've got behind the wheel of your cars. There are no slouches. Don't get me wrong with this comment that I'm going to make. But, Mario, I'm an old guy. I long for the day to see Mario Goslin back in a car at Daytona with me in that seat. Mario Goslin, I think you've got unfinished business at that bloody racetrack. Uh, I watched you lead a lot of laps. And if it wasn't for Bobby Gerhardt knocking you into that fence, buddy, you and I would have been standing in victory lane at Daytona. And I can't believe how close close. we were. I can't believe how (laughs) close close. we were. Man, I'm telling you, you can do it. And I I still believe if your ass was in that seat, you uh, you could do it at Daytona. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I could as well. Um, it's always it's always that evil funding that's necessary to make it happen. But uh, we tried we tried two years ago, and uh, unfortunately, qualifying got rained out. And I think about it sometimes, but uh, I don't know. We're working on we're working on next year plans. Nothing to announce yet, but we're uh, looks like we're probably going to have some of the same drivers back and uh, working on sponsorship, a lot of different angles, and trying to put trying to put it all together. And having the same guys back in the cars is probably good news, right? Because the more experience those drivers get behind the wheel of that car on those tracks has got to make them a better driver and a better candidate to be in the car, correct? For sure. For sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. So the more laps they get, it's going to be better. Um, uh, You know, you look at the ownership group and, and, uh, you know, NASCAR Xfinity and, uh, Gibbs, men, they are so strong. They are so so strong. Uh, and looking at uh, just just the ownership group, uh, uh, DGM has climbed the the ladder. You guys are now well over halfway up the ladder. Do you feel it? Do they feel it in the shop that DGM is the real deal and they are a threat now? Yeah, I, I feel like. I mean, uh, there's a lot of you know. Big teams that you know they'll they'll talk about us in their in their Monday meetings and uh, they they know we're there. Uh, we're just that consistency consistency thing. We got we got to be there 
you know, week in, week out, and we haven't been. But we, we do have we do have some stellar weekends here and there. Is it still comes down to dollar and cents, do you think, Mario? Is dollar and cents still speed on that track? If you had more money, you'd be able to go faster? For sure, for sure. Unfortunately, that's uh, that's what it's all about. <laughs> The sport has always been that way, too, hasn't it? It's uh, cubic uh, cubic dollars in most chances. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it is, I mean, across the board, from late model racing to, to Xfinity to Cup, you know, just uh, you got to have the dollar so you can uh, get the pieces and the resources, for sure. I guess the only caveat to that is Daytona, Talladega, now Atlanta, uh, as super speedway style races or restrictor re- races, um, that sort of does suck the dollars out. Now you can be in the right place at the right time, but you need the help. Yeah, I feel like, and I feel like we've showed that uh, the super speedway races and the road courses. You know, I mean, we've been we've been right up there. So um, we're working hard, and we're hungry for some more of it. We want some top fives. Mario, a lot of it. Uh, there's there's a lot of political stuff within within the sport as well. Um, there's always there's always you know a voice, right? There's always a, a voice, whether it be from the owners, whether it be from the drivers, whether it be from from NASCAR themselves. Um, how much how much effort goes into growing and cultivating that voice on the political side within the sport goes into it from a team owner aspect is it just something where you just need to go out there and perform and your voice gets louder or or you know is there you know is there a lot of emphasis put on to you know kind of of growing your voice within the garage area man that's um <laughs> That's a good question. It's. Um, it, it, I wish I, I wish I had the answer to that. Um, you know, all we can do is is voice our opinion uh, when they have meetings and when they ask us for our opinion, um, we can voice it. But um, a lot of times we feel like we're not heard. Um, but that may be across the garage. I don't know. Um, it's tough. It's, it's tough to navigate, and you know, you you, you got to be careful. Um, Sometimes you got to be careful what you ask for. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and you got to be careful all the time of what you say and and how you ask for it, right? It's, it, I I had the chance to work for some small teams down south in 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 the Cup Series, and and that is the way that it is, right? The the big teams have a big voice. There's a there's a tremendous amount of of clout that comes from. Not to say that it's not even, and and that everybody's not playing under the same rule book, but there's you know when it comes time for changes. It seems like they ask the 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 louder voices or, or the bigger voices of of what they want to see, you know, well, and, and how they want it. They how got they five want cars, it. you got one. So. Exactly. Sometimes, no, but, what, sometimes what benefits one team doesn't necessarily benefit another, and I and I that is true between the big teams and teams like mine. Like, what's going to help them most of the time is going to hurt me. Yeah. You know. Yep. And that's a that's a tough that's a tough balance. But um, most of the time, when they ask me what they can change or what they can do to help us and and help us save money, uh, it's the same old thing. Don't change anything. Anytime you make a change, it costs money. Everybody adjusts to where the rules are and what we're doing. And you buy parts and you buy pieces. And when you're a small team, you accumulate those parts and pieces over a number of years. And when they make a change, it 
you know, one change usually affects multitude of other things, and it always costs money. Yep. Yeah, so, costs cost everybody money all the way down through. It looks like a simple change in the rule book, but it can affect, it can affect thousands upon thousands of dollars inside that race exactly. car in all of them. Mary, you'll, you'll remember the gong show that the Cat in the Hat used to do. It was always exciting. Uh, it was like a playoff amongst late model guys, and he would take the you know the top late model guy and he'd stick him in a car and see how he did. And I know that's how Petey Shepard got down into NASCAR. Um, you know, Jason Bowles was another one, I believe, that got in through that. Dan- Daniel Quinn. Daniel Quinn uh, is another yeah. name. Uh, yeah, what I thought was what was uh, you know a real cool program, but that was back in the day. When, you know, the NASCAR Cup guys were hiring people to put in their car, like Joey Logano, I believe, was the last guy that they said, okay, Joey, you sign here. We're going to pay you millions of dollars to drive that car. And then all of a sudden, the tide turned, and the guy come to the show, hey, I got millions of dollars. Can I get a ride in your car? So the owner went, well, instead of me spending millions, you're going to give me millions? Well, yeah, that's a different metric. I kind of like that one. So the tide changed. And and the tide has been changed a long time. But Mario Goslin, do you ever see the day, or would it be a cool idea, if there was a Canadian corporate sponsor? I know you can't do this on your own. But if there was a Canadian corporate sponsor that would sort of back an idea that DGM do a... Uh, a, a gong show, if you will, and resurrect the gong show. I don't think they own it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but if they do, we'll call it something else. And do something where Canadian talent gets searched out across the country and presto, one guy. One guy's going to get an opportunity to get in to a DGM uh, a race car and go see what the hell he's got with a real race team. Do you ever aspire to do something like that, Mario? Have you guys thought of something yeah, that like would, that? That would be that would be neat for sure. I mean, there is a lot of talent um, across Canada. A lot of good, talented drivers that may otherwise never get an opportunity. Right. 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 And if Corporate Canada could step up and fund part of it, I'm not saying fund all of it, just fund part of it. Uh, with the dream, and I don't know that particular weekend we put, you know, the sponsor logo on the race car and Team Canada, um, you know, some something. Maybe maybe you or guy get maybe you or I will get some emails this week. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? That that would be kind of cool, and, and I'd love to see it and and to be part of it. You know, like Quick Quick yeah. has done such a good job in this sport. So many companies have, but man, we got the opportunity of have a Canadian in NASCAR Xfinity with quality stuff and cars that, that man, could use the support. Uh, it, it just, uh, I can see the potential. I just, I, I didn't know if it was anything that would, uh, you know, interest you. Uh, I, I didn't know whether it would, but by the sounds of it, it would. Well, for sure, for sure. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys there that, uh, that, that deserve, um, would deserve a chance. You know I mean? A lot of good guys. So it would, it would be really neat. Now, I don't know whether you heard this news, but I'm going to tell you now because I do believe you know the guy. Uh, did you hear Bill Zardo passed away up here just this week? I saw that yesterday. Did you? I did. 
Now, I would imagine you raced against Billy in the Iceman series or something. I think um, he may came and ran that speed fest at Lakeland Speedway, like around 2000, maybe. Yeah, that could have been, too. Yeah. Yeah. Possibility there. He was all over the place. Uh, I know he did good yeah. down south. He did really good up here. Uh, I know we're going to yeah. miss him. I just thought I'd mention it because I do believe uh, – uh, you, you knew him. So fellow Canadian Very and an icon. racer for sure. Yep. You want to believe it. Mario, we are up against the clock. We've got to throw the keys back to Sirius XM. It's been great catching up with you. Uh, nice to hear from you, and I know we'll get you in the new year. Um, all the best and Merry Christmas to absolutely everyone on DGM. Uh, with the family there, give them all a big hug, and you guys enjoy the hell out of the holiday. You guys have deserved it. Uh, it, it's not too many days, brother, and you'll be back to Daytona. <laughs> It'll be here before we know it. Same same to you and your team and your family. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You betcha. That's Mario Goslin. Always enjoy speaking with Mario. What a wealth of knowledge. Um, one, uh, one of Canada's truly brightest lights in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and I'm dead serious. we got to come up with some sort of... Some sort of incentive or some sort of contest to get, you know, one of our guys from up here. Uh, there's so much talent to wean it down to one guy and get him hooked up with uh, Mario Goslin for an event in the U.S. Have the big light and have the big stage of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Junior, wouldn't that be off the hook? It would be. It would be really cool. And, and you know, it is incredible when you think about it how easily those things can come together mm. given given the the right structure and given the the right atmosphere and and also given the right you know companies that that fit into into that realm um it's uh you know it, it is 100 percent doable um and and you know it, it comes down to you know laying down the the groundwork it, what you're talking about would be a tremendous amount of legwork and labor <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah and, and you know putting putting a bunch of people in a bunch of race cars that obviously costs money, um, and and to do it all, I'm saying you know, I'm thinking they're in their own race cars, and we're, we do it based on uh, performance. Yeah, performance, and whittle it down to one guy. Yeah, and I don't know, have an RTR points layout to it yep. with the winner of it, of course, approved by Mario Goslin. Join Mario down south, sponsored yep. by X. Yeah, something. I don't know. It's an idea. Yeah, something to throw absolutely. around. Yep. Um, this has been a dynamite year. Our 16th season on Race Time Radios. We've experienced all kinds of highs and lows here. But I believe in 2023, we're going to go to the highest highs we've ever seen. The pandemic, it's in the rearview mirror. And uh, I always thought I was just going to be a radio guy. Never expected to have a camera in my face, but I do. And I know, Junior, you're the same way. Uh, we're going to develop even more in 2023. I know we got some exciting stuff coming down the line, and I know we still have a ton to announce for 2023. But that is going to do it for us here tonight in the Race Time Radio studio. Uh, for Sue, our producer here at Race Time Radio, and for Joe Chisholm Jr., we all wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year uh, to all of you. Uh, to everyone listening in on both sides of the border, uh, we really do appreciate it. Sirius XM is a great Christmas gift. Uh, get it. So is Rev TV Canada. 
Uh, there's a lot of really, really good Christmas gifts out there. And uh, don't forget about our sponsors on the Race Time Radio Show. Quick Quick is one. Uh, Napa out in the Maritimes. Andy Ganesh. Um, Port Hawkesbury. And, of course, New Glasgow. Got to thank Todd Robertson and all of his staff. Uh, VP Racing Fuels, along with Dawson Dental and uh, just all of our sponsors. Can't thank you enough for what you do for Race Time Radio. But for Joe Jr., for Sue, that's it for this year. Have a good, safe holiday. And we will see you back here January the 8th at 7 p.m. Eastern, all live on Race Time Radio Sirius XM, channel 167, and on YouTube at Race Time Radio TV. Have a good one, everybody, and we'll uh, catch you on the other side of the holiday. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent. 